you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Welcome to The Sixth Sense Report. How you doing, Joel? I'm doing well, man. Good, good, good. You ready to jump into this one? Yeah, man. Um, the We Rise Together, the Peel District School Board Action Plan to Support Black Male Students. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Peel District is essentially just three cities. Yeah and yeah yeah but, well we're, we're we're from but I'm sure Brampton and Mississauga and uh, Caledon yeah but uh, but uh, but this is this is still a a, uh, a popular narrative a common narrative a common issue mm-hmm. when it comes to you know you know black the black community and, and black males particularly in the school system and them not doing well so our region our district school board has taken the initiative to help these uh, young men uh, do better. Uh, and so as you know September comes upon us and school is around the corner um, why not uh, do like a little back to school episode yeah and uh, you know there's a bit of controversy around this I mean not not a lot but there's a few articles um, a few you know especially there's some stuff j- delayed dated 2019 I mean this this study or this documentation comes out of like this report this report comes out of 2015 2016 2017 time frame is when you know the origins and studying was going on mm-hmm. um so it was in 2015 to 2016 school year they held fo- focus groups um i think i saw some articles around the end you know end of 20 so 2016 2017 school year at the end of that was when they started you know probably started trying to roll out programs um or or let's say the conclusions of this study um and then now um, you know, there's some complaints uh, that maybe that not enough is being done, or that um, you know that they're they want more um, action, let's say. Um, but that said, um, I think evaluating a program like this is something um, we're 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 good at slash we like to do the reason i say we're good at i think for me just looking at the statistical side of it and going mm-hmm. you know are we drawing conclusions properly yeah, yeah. and it's funny because i was looking at the statistics because again I'm, I'm not a numbers guy so I was, i'm very interested to hear your perspective on the numbers as a numbers guy um, mm-hmm. so what was the first thing that stuck out to you um you know my my first instinct is what like I, I i'm a little disappointed in the idea like the lack of comparing students that are in the same level of success so what i mean by that is like so even if we concluded that black male students have a higher rate of unsuccess or failure within the school system are there commonalities with them 
with the other kids, right? So if when you let's use some simple numbers just for argument's sake, if you know ten percent of the kids are just completely unsuccessful and need help within the school system, and we found that like of that ten percent, seven percent are black kids. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the three percent? Like we've just excluded the three percent with this program where it probably would uh, my my question is is that three percent show commonality with the seven percent that this might be addressing now i don't think the numbers are you know 70 percent black and 30 percent other within that 10 percent failing mark like i'm just i'm just Mm -hmm. creating numbers for argument's sake but the point being you know are there commonalities that aren't exclusive to the black male student experience right that that we so you're saying like like are there brown kids and they're white kids that that are are in the failing that all have the same characteristics as contributing factors mm. because now you've just created a program that excludes them from the help that that actually that, applies to all of them mm, interesting i never thought about that right so again you know this is again i'm i'm not saying there aren't things that are going to be exclusive to black students that may and black male students that we need to address i'm just saying that I'm disappointed, you know, and, and it'll uh, it'll come out more as we hash through some of the stuff. And again, it's more of the statistical side of me. It's this idea of a control group or control groups where like you're taking, you know, in a sense, the black male student and comparing them with, let's call it everybody else or compare it with um, the control group being we're not going to look at race right so the control group in this case what i was referring to would be take all of the students who are failing and you know exclude this the 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 black students what do we find as commonalities for all the kids that are the failing now we look at the the black students what's different what's the same Right, because maybe that community does have some special things or special is not the right word. Some unique characteristics that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But if there's care, if if seven out of the ten characteristics aren't unique, mm-hmm. well, then now you just said for everybody else, we're not going to give them the same thing that they need. We're only giving it to the black students. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, that that's something um, I didn't take into account, but um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think for me. Um, this hits home for me because, um, yeah, I was one of those black kids who did poorly in school and didn't do well. Uh, and you know, I wrote a blog, I used it as part of my blog post, why Darny can't read, um, on my blog post, uh, high end theories. So the, the blog post is, uh, ties in to, uh, my struggles as a black male, in the school system and so my yeah so so, th- so that's why this is important to me so i really want to see um these guys do well i want to see this program succeed mm-hmm. um and it isn't just um political um allegiances that i'm tying to i uh, like i i'm free now academically and i when i mean free i mean i'm free to get a's and get good grades because I've been empowered to do so um, by improving my my lifestyle and and, and reading more. Uh, so as far as the report goes, I think 
one of the things for the listener, um, this might be helpful for you guys. And just in general, as a principle, when you guys are looking at um, any kind of literature um, and you want to assess it quickly, uh, always look at the table of contents. Because the table of contents will tell you everything you need to know about the structure and the flow of thought for the document. So um, the way how this uh, table of contents is is outlined is, so it has the, the focus group results mainly. And so it looks at students' experiences in school, what students like about school, what students dislike about school, factors that help students engage or succeed in school, uh, factors that prevent students from engaging or succeeding in school, and suggestions for supporting students in school. And I say all that to say, you guys don't have to remember all that. But the common theme for all those main principles in, in this document is that uh, school is a problem and school is a solution. And for that, I disagree. Mm-hmm. So I off the bat, I just, I, I'm not with that. I, 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 my whole response and theory to that is that that the problem that these kids are having doesn't start at school it starts at home and ends at home so they're asking the wrong questions um you know what students like about school what students dislike about school um suggestions for supporting students at school no 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 what's what kind of learning environment have your parents cultivated for you mm-hmm that's what we need to be looking at. So instead of asking well, the kids... Well, I think, I think yeah. you're, you're kind of touching, and I don't want to tir- take you off your tirade too much because <laughs> I think you're still going. You think okay. you've got some good points to make. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I bring this up all the time. Is like, I, and I would agree, I think, where you're going is like, I don't think this study did a good enough job of identifying causes. Mm-hmm. You're right. right. So, so yes, we're identifying... Like, the purpose of the study was orientated out of... Um, you know, a couple different things, not just this, you know, they did a focus group on 87 kids that came from potentially unequal outcome statistics within black community. You know, for example, black kids or black male students, I presume, mm-hmm. having a higher rate of failure within the, the, the school boards. Or or, just, or even uh, even like, you know, the complaints of being mistreated and, and hurting their ability to function well at school. Well, yeah, so... But mm-hmm. I, so there's a combination effect, right? So I know that there's some preliminary studies. Um, mm-hmm. We'll share some YouTube clips. I think there's a really good one. There's like a 30, 26 minute one on uh, the YouTube page called Brampton Focus, uh, where they go through it and they kind of talked like you know the the genesis or the cause of this pro, you know this study being you know trying to find the causes of why you know let's say there's a gr- unequal outcome, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and so I think they start they do have a not that this information isn't important Mm -hmm. but i think it's incomplete in that it doesn't take it to where you're going which is what are the causes right so you know what are the other factors within these students lives Mm -hmm. and and i think home life is a huge factor i don't think it's the only factor Mm -hmm. so i think all the things that you're going to say or are saying about home life are valid um but i i would potentially push back on you and say is there more so, but yeah. anyways, go continue on what you yeah, were saying, yeah. so, but I think it's just good framing. Yeah, yeah, um, and we should get back to that, yeah. So, what I was just saying was that um, what, so I've been on both sides of the fence, like I said before. I've been a very bad student, like, and now I'm a good student. Mm-hmm. So, I remember what it was like being a bad student, being able, you know, walking into an exam 
writing my name on the paper than walking out. Knowing you had no idea what was going on. Bruh. I already failed. It was it was already over. It was over before it started. You just I, went to you went to the exam because you had to go to the exam. Yeah, I was I was just trying to be respectful. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, sort of. It was like, all right, here you go. You're gonna oh okay, well. Wow. You know what I mean? So uh so this is this is and I'm saying that because so in the report it says out of the eighty seven people who were um surveyed, so it said forty eight percent of those people were engaged successful students then it says 36 percent were uh disengaged struggling students and And 16 percent were mixed which which basically just for clarification means they used multiple factors to evaluate engaged versus successful and so you might have had a student who was successful but disengaged or unsuccessful but engaged Right. I'm assuming that's where the mixed category yeah. comes into play. But anyways, yeah. sorry. So my thing was this. Don't ask the kids who are disengaged and struggling what they want. That's wrong. Don't ask them that. Ask the kids who are engaged and successful. Right? Ask them what they do to be successful and then interview their parents to find out what their parents are doing to make their kids successful. Now, and just and just to preface my remarks, I'm not saying that discrimination doesn't happen at school. I'm not saying there are racist teachers at school. I'm not saying that teachers are, you know, don't mistreat students or teachers aren't part of the problem yeah, in right. some scenarios. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not discounting that. But even like if we throw those factors that are variables in there, there are 48% of those guys who are still engaged and doing well so like why why ask people who aren't doing well like like because a lot of times we, we get into this political rhetoric of black people are this black people are that black people are, are the black students are feeling well hold on no 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 there are black kids who are doing well and there are those, there are those who aren't doing well so it's, it's so important to make that distinction because once you make that distinction, you're like, okay, so those guys aren't doing well, but those guys are. Let's study. Let's study those guys who are doing well and the homes they come from. So and 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 so there's two things I want to first would be. I totally agree with you with comparing the successful or sorry, I'll take it to another level. I think we should be looking at the other. What are the other characteristics that, you know, and home life is part of it, you know, involvement with extracurricular activities. Um you know, just I could I could come up with a couple different things, right? Um, you know, whether it's sports and and are they on sports teams? Are they in? Uh, you know, what do they do for summer camps, right? Do they, you know, or or what do they have for summer programs, right? Um, after school programs, you know, are they part of whatever it is, right? But the other thing I mentioned at the beginning, the idea of control group, right? When I see this composition of forty eight percent successful, thirty six percent disengaged. How does that compare to the rest of the student population? That's totally missing. I would say this, and this is where I thought control group was important, where they've taken previous studies of unequal outcome and kind of presumed their those statistics are still true. Those results are going to be true within this population group, but they haven't verified it, right? Like, what if you're drawing conclusions about the 36% of those kids, but that 36% number is true for the white kids in the school. What if 30, like, then 
again, to go back to my point in the beginning, which was like, are we are we creating programs exclusively for black male students that can apply to all the students who are disengaged and struggling? And so now I would say that's reverse racism. Like you're, it's the, <laughs> like in that you're basically saying like, oh, black kids need these, that need this extra help that in actuality, everybody else who's disengaged also needs. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially it's, it's, I would say it's racist in that you're giving the black kids special treatment when the other kids also need that treatment. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm, I, I'm only making that in the context of because they lack the control group to validate, Hey, if the ratio was 75, 20, 15 and 10, right. Then now you have a legitimate argument to say, okay, yeah, the black, the black students haven't likely have additional factors that are contributing to their, their uh, lack of success. Or their failures and so now this is where your question of like looking at home life goes to the question of what is the cause right so what is different about this 36 percent population than the 48 percent who are successful mm-hmm. and then also what would be different right and then again control groups right what is like what is different from the people who are successful yeah, yeah. right are they not involved with sports yeah. are they not involved with you know mentorship Right. So if you're talking about, you know, uh, like the example you're getting at, I presume, is an aspect of like single parents. Right. Well, maybe the solution is adding big brother, greater access to big brother programs. But because the the other factors of home life aren't really other factors of life aren't even considered. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that I found kind of funny is if you go down to the end of it, it goes like focus group results. And you read what students like about school and what students dislike about school. Literally, it's the same thing. Meaning like some of them, it's the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. So some of them are like, oh, uh, I felt included in sports, even though I was like the only black kid on the, in the sports team or whatever. The, uh, and then the, what they didn't like about school was I was the only black kid on the sports team and I felt excluded. It's like, okay, there's a problem in your stats. Like both can't be true if that's the actual underlying problem. Interesting. I never thought about that. Right. Like, so, you know, the other side was like friendships and, you know, some of them it's like saying, oh, I felt included. I felt like principals really didn't consider my race an issue. Then it turns around the other person's like, I felt like race was an issue. What if these two kids are at the exact same school? You're Mm -hmm. essentially referring to the exact same teachers. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and, and, and I mean, the data doesn't tell us whether it's because they they did uh, four schools in Brampton, four schools in Mississauga, one school in Caledon, total of 87 students. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look at the study. It tells you kind of the breakdown. But, you know, this is again goes back to that idea of control group that like if you're getting the exact same or if you're getting opposite answers, but in the exact same environment, that to me indicates a reporting bias. Hmm. Meaning the person who's telling you the story, mm-hmm. it's about their personal experience as opposed to the actual environment that they're in. Hmm. Because if two black kids, one is having is doing well in school, one's doing bad in school, mm-hmm. are describing their schools in polar opposite scenarios, mm-hmm. that that to me goes, well, I, I don't know that I need to change the school. Like what else is there? There has to be a different, there has to be a a differentiating factor. It's not the school. It's something else Mm -hmm. because they're in the exact same school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where, you know, I, I don't know. I just read, I'm like, wait a second. I just read the polar opposite of this, of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and I, I, for example, preferential respect for school sports. It said like, this is what students dislike about school. It's like in some schools, there's a lack of respect and pride for basketball. I'm like, you know how many times I got to play floor hockey in school? Never. Like, never. I, pl- I can honestly remember playing hockey like a handful of times. And like, that was my sport. Yeah. So, and, and but at the same time, dude, like, what's the problem with basketball? If you can't, if you're not physically inclined, so. But, but you know what, man? You know, Joel, like, again, like I said before, this is what kind of bakes my biscuits. Because, like I said, when I grew I was a hooper. I was playing basketball 24-7. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not the thing that's going to help you. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so even that. Getting a good mark in human class has really. Yeah, a like, like, yeah. Oh, they don't take this stuff. No, this is not any. Anyways. Yeah, but we'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that later. Um, so um, <laughs> yeah. back to your question to me about why um, certain kids are doing better. Certain black kids are doing better than other black kids. So what's interesting is that um, Statistics Canada, I was looking into this, doing my research for the Sixth Sense report. No big deal. I know being being studious yeah studious. Being, being a good journalist student. yo economics for journalists right so i'm doing doing my research i'm checking uh, statistics canada and they don't keep track of race stats um especially when it comes to school and these issues so so that's why they have to do their own personal their own survey because um, there, there isn't statistics. one we don't we don't we don't keep that uh to keep those statistics but maybe one of the factors that could play into who's doing well that i would like to know is what they should have kept track of is like ethnicity like who are the ones killing it was it the nigerians or was it the jamaicans mm-hmm. right yeah because it, within the black community if you see a disparity yeah there's that's certain- a that's a potentially a problem for the narrative right yeah because now you're like oh wow like oh i didn't know you know ghanians are smarter than nigerians or first generation immigration second generation third generation immigration like yeah. Does that play a factor? If it does, right. well, then okay. Well, what's the difference in those population groups? Yeah. I mean, so, so that would have been that would have been good to see, and hopefully for the um, you know anybody that's associated with this report would you know listen to this, and um, you know take taking um, our perspective and um, try try to find the, the, those stats. Um, but I think like looking at this report, it like I said, it 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 kind of got me. Frustrated. Worried, frustrated, yeah, frustrated, um, and, and worried because I don't think these are good solutions or the right way to look at the problem. When I was in school and when I was doing bad, I mostly had white teachers and they were supportive. Mm-hmm. How supportive were they? They kept me in for remedial, right? So, um, you know, now <laughs> how did you look at that? At the, time, At the time, I'm like, oh man, oh, oh, I. Was, you didn't consider that. You did it. You did not consider that supportive, did you? Uh, no, no, no. I know. Actually, I, I thought. I thought you know they were, um, you know, harassing, you. harassing me. We're trying to ruin my life, Mister Wilshire. Um, you know, like grade five, I had reading comprehension, and I didn't do well in my reading comprehension. So he made me stay back after school, um, and you know, I'm trying to figure that out. And when I was in high school. So the reason why I asked you that question is because mm-hmm. if someone did a survey on you, yeah, you would have given negative feedback. Yeah. Well, even though what was being done was actually positive. Well, bro, and it's crazy because even like, you know, years later, I'm in high school 
and I'm like um, a star basketball player for my high school team. And so I didn't do my math homework one uh, one day. Well, I rarely ever did my math homework. Right? <laughs> so so my, my math teacher, and this was game day, right? So it was game day, home game, pack gym, rival game. My math teacher held me back. She told me that I'm not playing unless I finish my homework. So tip at tip off, I'm in math class finishing homework that I didn't finish. Man, I was so offended. Like I'm the man. Like I like I you know You're gonna cost us the game. Yeah, yeah, you know I was just like, yo, bro, like I was just like I can't believe she did that. Huh? Did, did, did we, we win? win? Yeah, 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 we won. Yeah, we won. <laughs> but it but it, but again, like so when I'm hearing these kids' stories about, you know, you know, teachers tearing them down, tearing them down, I don't doubt that. But if your teacher's being rough on you because they want you to succeed, we have to make those distinctions. <laughs> but you know what's funny? On the flip side, in the uh, report, it said uh, in the section about factors that prevent students from engaging or succeeding in school, uh, it said students concur that sometimes they create problems through their own actions. At times, they may have a bad attitude, dress poorly, or display inappropriate or disrespectful behaviors in school. Students also realize that they engage in behaviors that prevent them from succeeding in school. Example, get very little sleep at night, come to class unprepared, choose not to focus during class time. That sounds about about right. If you're going to continue to act like that, you're you're not going to do well in school. And I remember behaving like that. So it's no coincidence that, you know, you act like that, you know, school is not going to go well for you. Yeah, I think, you know, um, there's a, a part, an episode of uh, Tom Wood's show that just recently came out. It's called The Moral Mess of Higher Education, episode 1462. I'll have it in the show notes page. Mm-hmm. He interviews um, this guy, Phil Magnus, who co-wrote a book with Jason Brennan about the problems with higher education. And one of the chapters or one part of this podcast, they were talking about the problem with evaluating teachers based on student evaluations. So there's value in student evaluations from the perspective of like, oh, you're getting feedback from the people who are consuming the education from on the teacher. But the problem is kind of along the lines of what we've kind of went down already with respect to you while you were in grade five, you know, you're you're interpreting the feedback or you're interpreting your experiences in a much different manner than you do as an adult who has a in, more independent or objective evaluation. And so my the point is that like, or what they make in this podcast is that, you know, students who do bad in a class are more likely to give the teacher a bad evaluation, even though they might have actually done a good job of teaching the content right mm-hmm. so let's contrast this with an employer who's sending an employee to a, a certification class for training if the the student or if the employee comes back with the, the, the skills necessary or fails and has to retake the course because they didn't acquire the skills the employer is going to be happier with that than giving the person a pass who's not actually qualified but the flip side is true where with student evaluations, if the teacher is an easier marker, mm-hmm. you're more likely to get a higher evaluation. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you the, stu- the school would think they're a better teacher. Mm-hmm. But in reality, mm-hmm. they're a worse teacher. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because they're actually just making kids think they're smarter than they are mm-hmm. or, or making them think they comprehend the material better than they do. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was TAing a, a management accounting course and uh, I, had, I, I marked the test the first time. The class average was like 35 and the prof made me re, redo the marks. I was literally handing out like one mark for writing a sentence. I was like, there's not like nothing on the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. And like, I just had to get the mark the average the class average up to like 65 mm-hmm. but it basically was a reflection of the fact the teacher was probably really really poor mm-hmm. i had him as a teacher he was horrible um and like i i essentially was giving out like marks like two or three marks on a five mark questions for like incomprehensible answers but they wrote something and and to me this is an example where like Oh, the people are going to give a good mark to the teacher because even though they deserved a 40, they were getting 65. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, that, that's definitely an issue where you look at, you know, kids doing the evaluation. And that's why self reporting bias. Yes. Yeah. yeah self reporting right. bias. And that's why I wanted to see, um, like parents. And like I said, like all this, like education starts in the home and ends with the home. So I would have liked to see, um, a survey done with the parents uh, whose whose kids who did well. Uh, so, like for example, um, in my blog post, uh, "Black Love, White Lies," uh, I talked about um, the the three uh, principles that exist within um, every uh, community uh, that that define every ethnicity. Uh, so in light of what we saw in the report with those who did well and those who didn't do well, the achievers and the non-achievers, uh, looking at the homes that they come from. So, so in my, in, in the blog post, black love, white lies, I talk about, um, the achiever, non-achiever principle, um, non-achiever, sorry, achiever, non-achiever and deviant principle. So, so the achiever, the achiever values work as a means of getting ahead delayed gratification uh, for the sake of a better future. And then the non-achiever who devalues work as a means of getting ahead, um, instant gratification with disregard for the future. And then the third group um, um, is the deviant, those who reject laws and institutions. Uh, They believe all existence is meaningless. And I say all that to say that every ethnicity has these groups, um, within them um every ethnicity group has these has these uh particular groups within um their community and so the majority of every group has achievers well how do i know this well look at the stats look at the stats from the report right mm-hmm. the majority 50%. of those yeah 50 percent that that's that's like that's a big number in light of the narrative within the black community, because mm-hmm. when when you watch the YouTube channel or the YouTube um, post that will post on the report, it'll be a blanket statement: blacks feel discouraged. Yeah, no, no, blacks, it, it did not reflect the fifty percent number yeah, at all. It didn't. Right, right. So, so when you hear people talk, it won't reflect those who are doing well. And again, like I said, that's a common narrative where 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 black people are talked about as non-achievers, but. The stats, based on what the report said, um, there that we do have majority are achievers. And if you ever heard the term "soft bigotry of low expectations," oh, I've never that, heard that before. 
that well does that make sense to you though yeah, soft yeah, bigotry, bigotry of low, low expectations. expectations yeah that's essentially what that is right yeah. you're because i would say the problem then is if they're rolling this program out mm-hmm. or the goal is to roll it out universally to black students mm-hmm. you potentially now make the 50 percent who are engaged and successful mm-hmm. have come in with a preconceived notion mm-hmm. that's false yeah right 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 see and, that, and that's my point and then that's the whole self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy idea where like oh you're going to fail unless you do these things you have to work right so so that's why i'm saying like if they interviewed the people that made these kids the parents and the environments that they created and really looked at the difference between the kids who aren't doing well their parents and the kids who are doing well and those parents and look and then what you're going to see is that you're going to see achiever values you're going to see um, a value for hard work uh, delayed gratification um, and then and the, with the non-achiever you're going to see those who devalue work um, as a means of getting ahead and instant gratification and so that's why it's important um, to make sure that we're nuancing the conversation and not um, just making the blanket statement so in my in my blog post uh, why Darnie can't read I there's there are two principles that I propose that influence the home scholastically. Okay. So the principle is um, word-based cultures, image cultures. Okay. Word-based cultures, image cultures. Word-based cultures in your home um, are ones that value words, books, image. Learning. Uh, yeah. So so image-based cultures are ones that value television, looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, perceptions. But, but yeah, perceptions. Um, and so like, and, and, and this is me giving the audience what turned it around for me was that I grew up in a, in an image centered home, right? So mm-hmm. TV was very big. Mm-hmm. Materialism was very big and I'm not throwing my mom and dad under the bus. They, you know, they were young parents and they did the best they could with what they knew. Um, they gave me a great, uh, a great childhood and that's why I'm a happy person today, but we didn't we didn't value we didn't have a word culture we didn't read books we didn't have a library we didn't Mm -hmm. read that wasn't a thing so it hurt me it hurt me because all i did was watch tv uh so (laughs) you know what i mean so so i was so that's why i was struggling in school and it wasn't the teacher's fault so i mean the interesting thing for me like i got through i have two brothers if you look at us in high school, I'm engaged and successful. My middle brother, disengaged, struggling. My little brother, pretty much mixed. So of the three categories of composition, you have three people with the exact same home life falling into all three categories. Now, obviously, there's... But a- the assumption is there would be equal outcome. And, and in essence... Between the three of you completely different and and the biggest thing might have just come down to like you know i think one of the things that contributed to my success or my engagement in school was literally my grade five teacher and i was only at this school for one year before because i went to john knox christian school up till grade four my dad got in a car accident couldn't work he didn't get a good settlement whatever he couldn't work for like two years so we had like basically couldn't go to a christian school anymore went to a public school and then we moved. So then, so really we were only at this one, this school for one year, but I had a teacher who would send us home with like a full scap of paper with homework questions, but every two questions was a different subject. And so I felt like I always remember kind of enjoying that homework assignment because by the time I was like, oh, that was so hard. I don't like it anymore. I'm doing a different 
subject or I'm doing something different that like, you know, kept me engaged, kept me wanting to do the homework. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I don't, I, I, I say maybe that was a contributing factor. I don't know, but I, I also know, like, you know, I would say my brothers are pretty smart. I, I, I did really well in school. I did extremely well in university. I was, you know, when I look at my, my parents, you know, my father, especially like didn't really value education. And for without going down the rabbit hole, but like what I what I mean by that is like he didn't look at the school system with a high regard. Mm. But I still, you know, I was the first kid in my family or first person in my family to go to university. Mm. You know, um, and and uh, but I came from a culture where, in terms of my family culture, you know, hockey took precedence, right over Mm. over school. Fortunately, I was the worst hockey player of the three of us, so yeah. it made it easy to <laughs> prioritize school. Um, but, but my point is that, you know, there's there's so many factors in, in you know, if you look at me versus my brothers, you know, what might have been a negative factor for me impacted them way more. Mm-hmm. And so what other factors? Maybe it was the fact that one was the middle brother. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's an aspect where like the, I, I go back to what is the cause, right? What are the commonalities of these students that are failing? Maybe it's all bunch of them are all little brothers and middle brothers, mm-hmm. like, which sounds, you know, you might think like, oh, that's absurd. Well, I don't know. The data isn't giving me the enough amount of characteristics and statistics to really identify cause, mm-hmm. right? Like this is where, you know, a statistician, when you're doing stats and you're trying to find cause, you need to control for variables. And I would say, you know, you bring up a huge one, which is home life, right? So not to throw anyone under the bus, but this idea of like single parentness, you just have less time. You, you know, two parents have more ability to, mm-hmm. to you know, divide and conquer and right. designate time to be like, okay, you need to do your homework. You need to instill, like, whereas the single parent might be having to work two jobs. Yes. And you're coming home yes. doing your homework with no accountability. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, what is the the school environment going to do potentially, hey, big brother programs or things like that where like if they've identified that you know the students that are failing have a single parent scenarios as more common okay what can we you know whatever all these recommendations aren't going to address that as a huge causation if if that's the causation and the point is for me and, and i think you raised the question well is like by not really comparing the two students other than their opinion of school you're not really getting into causation enough. You're, I, as again, I don't think this study is bad in and of itself. I just think it's incomplete. I think it needs much deeper analysis. Mm-hmm. I also think potentially only 87 students is a really small sample size. Um, and especially if you took, if you had 87 students that were What would be a good male, sample size? It's not that 87 in and of itself is bad. It's that 87 black male students. Well, why not have, you know... 500 students where 150 of them are black, 80, 90 of them are black male, 60 of them are black female. Like why, why, why not include black females? Right. Just as again, contrast, what's the difference? Well, part of the thing is, you know, in general, we know that the school system, I'll say we know, but if you look it up in general, the structure of a school system is better designed for the way females operate. Mm-hmm. Right? Why do we have so many males in school diagnosed with ADD? Because sitting still for that long doesn't work great Yo, with males. Bro, real quick, I don't even want to you know get off topic, but um, so 
the company I work for, I joined, uh, a, I was part of the program called um, um, coding, um, coding with kids. Okay. And so we would go to the elementary school and teach kids uh, coding. Programming. Yeah, yeah. programming um, through Minecraft. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so playing but, games. But 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 long story short, I went to the school and I haven't been you know, I haven't been to an elementary school in like a long time. Since I was in elementary school, right? A long time. A long time. And I went there and I was hanging around, I was in the environment, I was in the staff room, sitting around with the teachers. And it you know, the when I the aura I got or the feeling I got, it was very mommy ish. It just had this aura of mommy. Yeah, you know, because there's you know it's a lot of women, and just it was just like oh okay grade twos, okay grade threes, okay John, uh, duh. and I was just like oh man, like um, you know we're, I'm not hearing any you know baritone, I'm not hearing any bass, yeah. you know I don't, I don't I'm not hearing um, the presence of men, and and I and I say that to say like you said like like the school system is tailored you know, tailored to women and it has that it has a feminine feel uh, to the school system. And I say that um, to tie back into the to the report. If the issues with males, then shouldn't there be a particular male solution? If the if the problem is is a male problem, then it should ma- be black males. But, but it's males. But, but but it should be. Uh, but there should be like a particular masculine male solution to the problem. And dare I say, what turned it around for me was not just a family but a male-led family that turned it around for me academically well, in essence you needed male uh mentorship yes yes so um i got that so like i like i said i grew up in a word i mean an image-centered home mm-hmm. um and then my mom and dad separated when i was nine years old so it was just you know my single parent mom with me and my sister um and that's what it was image-centered or came home watch tv uh, i was a latchkey kid Latchkey kid is a is a person um, who comes home and their parents aren't home, so they have a key. Oh, latchkey. Yeah, it's a latchkey kid. So you know, you come home and you know you're watching Transformers, GI Joe, Thundercats, whatever you want, cereal, toast until mom comes home in the evening, makes dinner, and you go to bed. That was it. Yeah. But anyways, but what turned around for me was that I was brought into a word centered home um, when I was attending Family Life under uh, uh, Pastor David Safry, and he brought me into his home. And how old were you? I was um, in my early 20s, okay. but it was a paradigm shift because I've never heard men. When he said, I remember he said, um, my greatest joy is to read my Bible. I thought I was in a cult. I've never heard a man talk like that in my whole life, Joel. Mm-hmm. Like, like the men I know don't talk like that. So automatically he had my attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, keep talking. I've, this is not what I see on TV or what I've been hearing in my music. Nobody has ever said that. Yeah. He didn't say, oh, I love Jesus. He said, I, yo, I love reading the Bible. I'm like, you love reading. What man does that? Yeah. So What's he, reading? Right. So, so he brought me into his home. Um, he introduced me to his library. And he was just pointing at the books. He'd be like, oh, this one, this one's about this. Oh, this one, this one's about this. So now my mind is opening up. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's books on this? I'm like, how do you know what's what? How do you know what's true? And and he's having those conversations with me. And uh, he started a book club at, at the church. And so the what, for the men. So, you know, we're all reading, you know, the same book. And I'm seeing guys reading. And uh, now that's what changed everything for me. Well, I'm like, okay. So... This is manly. This is what men mm. do. This is cool, and and it was it was it was cool. I know it sounds 
dorky but it was cool even going to legacy the legacy conference and seeing uh guys that rappers and guys that look like me um who rap but they're teaching courses and walking through books and yeah, suggesting yeah. books walking through shylin walking through systematic theology when i went to go the legacy yeah, yeah. and i'm sitting in the class with shylin and he's walking through systematic theology the big blue book yeah. um it made reading look cool it made being um a scholar look cool it looked manly yeah. to to be able, like the Bible says, the Bible um, you know encourages men to read to their wives, read to your kids, read to your community. Wash that's your manly. Yeah, wash your wife in the word. Ephesians, Ephesians five. That's manly. So now my disposition is like, yo, like reading is manly. That's what men do. It's cool. Mm-hmm. That's what cool people do, as opposed to you know reading isn't cool. So th- so that so that was the male solution for me to see men. Um, reading, but also having that family environment, bringing somebody into their home and having the men at the church. Uh, there was a gentleman named Brother Sal. And so he's like the OG at the church. So every time I had a question about Islam and, and the Bible and the origin of the Bible, you know, he would sit down with me and, 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 and talk to me and walk me through the Bible um, and finding these solutions. Um, and then you had like Brother Arthur. Now, he didn't know much about, he, he didn't tell me much about the scriptures, but he told me how to change a tire. How to yeah, do an yeah. oil change, how to fix your, you know, how to put up drywall. Yeah, yeah. But these guys held me accountable and busted my butt and showed me like, yo, as a man, you got to get your stuff, you got to get your ish together, be re- no, get your ish together, um, so you could be productive. So yeah. there was a call on me by other men to do well, and I'm saying that these men, these, and I'm proposing, I'm, I don't know what the what those successful parents said, but I'm sure there's still some kind of male mentor influence well well, and this is where i think you know in general the single parent scenario um you know for single parents out there recognizing that there's always like the 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 dilemma is that your your child doesn't have more than one voice and and you as an individual are biased right like you know i think think of me and my wife with my kid right like she's in general, this is a male versus female, I don't want to say stereotype, but but in, let's call it norms, where like, she's overly worried about his, you know, uh, safety, and I'm under worried about his safety, right? I'm more willing to let him fall down the stairs, and she's more like, <laughs> making sure he doesn't even slip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. but like, you know, part of me, like, it's like I said, you know, obviously I'm within reason, I'm not going to let him fall from the top of the stairs, yeah, but yeah, it's like yeah. when he's at the bottom two or three steps, it's like, he needs to learn if you're not careful, yeah. things happen. Yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, there's that, you know, those contrasts of approach that to some extent, I would say, you know, it's a product of our government mandated school system where, you know, it's become a culture of a particular nature and, a feminine one. Well, I, I, yeah, but also just not even necessarily more feminine, but more tailoring to the approach females learn in. Mm-hmm. So whether it's feminine or not is not really like maybe mm-hmm. you're right, maybe you're mm-hmm. not. But it's like, you know, men, unfortunately, for those of you who disagree, men and women are different. And, and as a result, like, you know, boys generally are more rowdy. Yeah, there's women that break the norm. There's men yeah. that break the norm. But yeah. like, you know, men, maybe the boys need to be out in recess double the amount of time that females need recess. Right. Yeah. Right. And and as a result, you're now going to have a more productive male student because right. he had twice as much time to run around. Right. Or even even like like the content 
in the literature. So again, like part of my turnaround, of course, was the Bible. But what was fascinating about the Bible was that God didn't play. Like, mm. you know, I've watched Juice. I've watched Tupac kill his friends. Yeah. I watched Menace to Society. I've seen Boys in the Hood and guys get shot up because they don't play. Mm. But God is on a whole nother level of I don't play, mm. which was very captivating to me. It was gangster. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, you, you know, you think Bishop and Juice was gangster. Yo, God is gangster. God does not play. And as a man, that was very manly. That was mm-hmm. to me. That was just very like, I'm like, oh shoot, like yo, he, yo, God ain't playing. Jesus ain't playing. Like ne- next time he coming, you know, uh, you know, the Jesus we saw getting beat up isn't the Jesus that's coming back, mm-hmm. right? He's coming, you know, he's coming back to shed some blood. And so yeah. at that point, I, I was I just mean, like, okay, well, I will tell me more. Like I'm like now I'm reading. Now you got me. Now you got my attention. Mm-hmm. Now I want to read more about this God that's going to come back and, and slaughter some people, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like the episode of The Simpsons. I don't remember the episode of The Simpsons. Bart Simpson is bored, bored to death in, in Sunday school class. And as soon as uh, Reverend Lovejoy opens up, you know, he's, he gets onto the lesson about the, the devil, you know, Bart's like, oh boy, all right, the good stuff. He's like, finally, now we're at the good stuff. Well, why does he say we're finally at the good stuff? Yeah, because that's intriguing to a young male. Battle. Yeah, because yeah, you're like, oh, great the devil okay now what does he do how does he hurt people how does how does he kill people like like, a, like tell me yeah why do we like playing cops and robbers i mean even now like nerf guns like you yeah. know with my nephews like you oh, know the best shooting pop cans or yeah. whatever right just like you know that like i don't know what it is but it's just it's, it's just fun so for these guys who are doing well um i'm sure that their family situation is different and i was just proposing that um potentially that that's the male theory. problem, the male problem that we're seeing with black males not doing well, probably needs a male solution as opposed to fem. So when people are proposing solutions, I'm like, okay, does this apply to women too? Because they, again, we want to we want to find solutions. I, I don't. I want to see all these guys do well. All all these black males do well, and white males. I want to see males do well in general. I mean, I want to see people do well. People, yeah, of course, and yeah, and, you want to see women females, do well. Females need men to do well. Yeah, men need females to do well. Yeah, I, well, ask the ladies. Well, how do you? How do women feel about men that that enjoy reading and that read to them and that can hold an intellectual conversation? Ask the ladies what they think. Yeah, versus the male who's not responsible and doesn't and is not and is has no goals and 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 the one who doesn't care about the education of and doesn't read yeah yeah hasn't able to educate your kids right yeah that that sounds like a great husband <laughs> yeah right right so so again i i think i think it's important that we look at this report and say okay look man we're not trying to tear it down but how can it be better to find solutions so like okay my two cents my two cents is in my opinion there are major limitations to be addressed um, with the solution, right? Yeah, because I really believe that the kids who aren't doing well, their parents, though they want well, they want their kids to do well. They don't know how to make their kids successful. And and I'm speaking about myself again. Yeah. Like my mom and dad wanted me to be successful, but, but they, they didn't, didn't know how to do. create an environment for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's no shot against them. They just don't know. Some parents just don't know how to make their kids do well in school though they want them to do well. And I think they're, they're, that's a, a distinction that we need to tackle and wrestle with. And I also think, lastly, that it's unfair. Um, it's an unfair burden we put on teachers for, for them to take the brunt of the blame for kids not doing well. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that burden is, is way too heavy because I'm planning, I'm studying and I'm planning to be a teacher one day and, you know, apply maybe one day for the 
Peel District School Board. So now, hopefully, this episode doesn't come back to haunt me where they're like, you know what? Oh, wait. Oh, you bashed us. Oh, oh you bashed us. All right. Well, just pick a different school yeah, board. Yeah. <laughs> pick a, yeah. Right. But again, so I, as a future teacher, I want to see young. I want to see students do well because I remember what it was like not to do well. Well, see, and I would say the one problem, I think, my perception, maybe I'm wrong, is that must, much of the school boards and, and similar want them to be the only aspect of education. They, they don't want families to be a part of the responsibility. Because that, you know, there's an, you know what I mean? Like, there's a component of like, oh, we got this. It's our responsibility. And so rather than, you know, they're like, if you look at the solutions, it's all about more money within the school. You know, it's like curriculum based. It's accountability. Yeah, there's not, you know, the first one is engage with the community. Um, but it's educators and families like as a, you know, it, it comes so much of it's coming back to the, to the school as opposed to, you know, the family and, and you know, to, again, you know, my, my two cents goes like, uh, your data to me doesn't really find cause it helps identify, you know, the people that you want to use to figure out the cause, but it doesn't actually get to the causal causal level. And I bring this up all the time. when We talk about government programs. Why? Because it's all about symptom management. Oh, there's a problem in society. Here's the symptom. Let's show that we're good at it by throwing money at the problem as opposed to doing the due diligence to get to the level of going, what is the cause? Because unfortunately, a lot of times the cause has so much level of nuance that a government program can't actually resolve it. So, um, you know, for the listener, give us your feedback. You know, where, where are we maybe blind? What did, you know, maybe we missed something in this report that's... Maybe we were too heavy handed. You know, um, but as I said, I think we, we find the report as a good starting point. We're not dismissive of the report as a whole, mm-hmm. but we think it needs a deeper dive into the, the individuals. Uh, I would say it needs a, a greater um, amount of participants. If it's really going to draw conclusions, you need a better control group. You need black females. You need white female. You need all, you know, all students. Yeah. Um, you know, is it a, you know, demonstrating male versus female demonstrate, you know, actually doing a comprehensive study and showing, you know, what are the, the factors for particular groups, whether it's, you know, let's just call it minority groups. Maybe other minority groups have different, very distinctly different problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like, you know, our tagline is the sixth sense. Six cents makes change. And if you want to see change, of course, listen and, and put these principles in action, but also uh, share share the show. Comment on your comment. podcast, Catcher. You know, comment. on social media, comment, yeah. share. You know, uh, we give us a rating. That. Give you us know, a rating. Um, good old Facebook algorithm appreciates it too. Yeah. <laughs> and again, again, like, yes, you know, yes, you're listening. But again, like, part of the change is sharing the ideas and not just keeping it to yourself. If you know somebody who might find the, would enjoy this or find this challenging uh, to their worldview, like, share it. Like, 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 yeah, you talk about you don't see change. Well, part of it is as our, you know, part of our, um, you know, the Sixth Sense Support family, like, sharing the content um, to other people is part of Sixth Sense Makes Change. So please, um, yeah, give us our feedback and, yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for your support thus far. But you heard me? Does that make sense?